0: My name is Matt Troop, and welcome to our One Team, One Promise podcast. Uh, This afternoon, I am uh, joined by Dr. Don Hughes. Um, Hello, Dr. Hughes. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here. We have a new series that we're starting, and uh, this is the first uh, in a series of several conversations I'm going to have with uh, our medical staff, so either physicians that are new to our staff or are in a leadership position uh, within Conway Regional, we're going to do a, a similar interview and series of questions, just to kind of get to know our medical staff and physicians. And uh, I think uh, you will be, as I have been, very impressed by their stories and uh, and their connections to our community and and to the vocation of uh, of healing that they all have. So it's a it's a real privilege and and blessing to have Doctor Hughes here, not just to talk to, but uh, uh, her her specialty as as well. So. Before we get into all that detail, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what what uh, specialty are you, and where did you come from?
1: Okay, well, I am pretty much an Arkansas girl, born and raised. We moved here um, very early. I think I was three years old whenever we made the move to Arkansas, Um, We moved to Magnolia, Arkansas, so down south, um, went to school there, graduated from uh, Magnolia High School, go Panthers, um, (laughs) and then actually moved here for uh, college and went to UCA, and so got my undergraduate in biology here in Conway, and then um, from that point on, did the rest of my medical training and residency and fellowship at UAMS, and so um, graduated from medical school there, then did my residency in OB-GYN, and then went on to do uh, my fellowship in maternal fetal medicine.
0: Okay. So, um, when you were, uh, choosing to to go to medical school, you know, you mentioned biologies and this is a very fundamental question. Uh, but is, is biology typically the kind of undergraduate degree most folks have? Um,
1: I would say that most people choose something in kind of the, the science realm. So you have a lot of biology majors, a lot of chemistry majors. Um, If I could give a piece of advice to anybody out there going to medical school, don't. Do that I would do something I actually minored in philosophy wow and and so I you know once we got to medical school, i just felt like all of my peers that had done something very different and kind of outside of the science realm just really had this advantage um, because they enjoyed their college experience a little bit more, and then they just had kind of more world experience to bring to the table yeah. and so While you do need all of the, those prerequisite classes in order to kind of understand what medical school is going to throw at you. Being a Spanish major or kind of doing something different. I mean, ugh, I couldn't recommend it more. If my kids end up wanting to pursue medicine, that's going to be one of the biggest things I try to encourage them to do.
0: Yeah. What a massive switch, though, from Spanish to <laughs> what you do but every so day. It's so useful. Well, yeah. And it's so much more well rounded, mm-hmm, right? Exactly. Um, so that's that's awesome. Well, how did you get into medicine? What, what drew you to the vocation?
1: You know, I don't remember looking back and not wanting to be a doctor. Huh. Um, I mean, when you would ask me at like two and three what I wanted to be when I grew up, I, I've always said that I wanted to be a doctor. So I don't really... I know where that initial interest came from, especially at that young of an age. Mm-hmm. But it was just something that I've never really wavered from. I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I've never regretted it a day in my life. Um, I, I think I have the best job in the entire world. Um, But it just, it checked a lot of boxes for me. Um, My father was military. And so from a very early age, a sense of service was very much instilled into me. So I knew that I wanted to choose an occupation where I felt like I would be giving back to the community and, and doing something that at the end of my life, I could look back and felt like it was impactful and meaningful and so, I mean, you, you definitely get to do that in medicine. And then I wanted something that I felt was going to be challenging and just something that was going to be interesting to me. Yeah. And so I've been a true science geek since, you know, I was very tiny. And so um, I knew it was going to be something that would hold my interest and challenge me um, as long as I wanted to work.
0: Yeah. Were, were there mentors growing up that, that really made you think, yeah, I can do this and, and help shape that path for you?
1: Um, You know, I'm the one of the first ones in my family to go to college, first of all. And so I didn't really have anybody in my immediate family that had gone through the process of going to medical school and pursuing medicine. Um, but as soon as I kind of got on that career path, of course, I met so many wonderful people and specifically kind of helping me to choose which area of medicine I went into. I had some wonderful mentors. Um, Dr. Paul Wendell is one that, that comes to mind that really, after I chose, Chosen obstetrics um, as my my field really helped me to see that my true calling was going to be to further specialize in maternal fetal medicine. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, just to kind of get some some scope of understanding here, you know, uh, quite unlike many many of us out there in the audience or somewhat myself included, you know, you you go to college, you get a certificate, and and I went to graduate school, which which was all of you know two years, uh, and then you think. Phew, I'm done. Uh, not so with you. Uh, at what point did you know, I want to be an OBGYN and a maternal uh, fetal medicine specialist? Is that something you knew going into UCA?
1: Uh, it definitely took me by surprise. Whenever uh. I n- decided that I, I you know, wanted to go to medical school, I really saw myself going into, I thought initially pediatrics, and then I was really drawn to surgical element of things and so was wanting to probably pursue something that would kind of be able to to do both of those things. I um, quickly found out that pediatrics was not going to be for me. Um, but, uh, and then I had a lot of rotations where um, I was at the VA a lot um, and quickly learned that taking care of men was probably not going to be for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell in love with women's healthcare um, simply because I think women are so tough and um, it was just a joy to take care of them. And so, I, from from that point, I knew that I probably wanted to do something within women's healthcare. care, and then I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, and so I really <laughs> found my calling on labor and delivery, um, because sometimes things are all cool, calm, and collected, and then a lot of times, you know, it, it is just mass chaos, and I really loved that aspect um, of obstetrics and gynecology, uh, is that you get to do really fun, fast paced things. Our surgeries tend to be pretty quick, um, deliver babies. I mean, there's just nothing like that in the entire world. And so, um, it, it, it was just really attractive to me. And once I'd spent enough time on labor and delivery, I knew that that's really where I belonged. Um, and then just the more, once I got into residency and, and continued to kind of see both sides of both obstetrics and gynecology, I just continued to fall more in love with the obstetric side of things. um, and then I, uh, like I said, I, I wanted to do something that I felt was going to challenge me for the, you know, what, 30, 40 years um, yeah. I was I was going to be practicing medicine. And so maternal fetal medicine was definitely that for me. Um, It it just, you're dealing with the most high risk patients that have the most complications. And so you not only have to know a lot about obstetrics, but you have to know a lot about a lot of other fields. So you're managing patients with diabetes. So you have to know a little bit about endocrinology. You're managing patients with hypertension. Um, And then I get to do a little bit of pediatrics too. And so that's one of the the biggest joys of of my job is that I get to take care of two patients. And so the maternal fetal aspect does bring a lot of that pediatric side to it. I'm seeing babies that have conditions that are diagnosed prior to delivery that are going to pose obstacles um, after delivery. And so I kind of get to be their very first pediatrician.
0: Yeah, that's that's cool. And let me just back up and say, I totally wholeheartedly agree with you on the toughness of women. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the father of four and uh you know any any time somebody says oh congratulations it's like i i it's her you know it was all 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 Melissa troop uh in terms of of that and having been there for all four of them especially um you know i i have two two sons that are thinking that they want to go to medical school they're um at at OBU they're in a biomedical sciences program <clears throat> and of course they get asked all the time by family and friends you know what specialty do you want to be and and they have no clue but if if they were here now or if you were you know maybe talking to somebody who was thinking yeah hey, I want to be a physician you know what, what advice would you give them in terms of picking a specialty is it what I hear you saying it's it really from the heart i mean i, I think you you followed your passion it sounds like
1: Yeah, and I think it oftentimes is a big surprise to people kind of because there there's so many different facets to choosing a specialty that you have to not only choose something that you just kind of innately find interesting. And for me, I don't think that there's anything more spectacular than the magic of pregnancy. And so that drew me to the field. And so I think everyone will kind of naturally find the area of medicine that is the most interesting to them. But then you have to kind of balance that with the kind of lifestyle that you're going to end up having. Obstetrics tends to be a a more difficult lifestyle. And if you see yourself wanting to have a family and and wanting to be very present for all aspects of that, then that comes into play when you're choosing a specialty as well. And so once you kind of balance all those things, I think usually it leads to one or two different specialties um, that are a good fit for each person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I was talking to Don Steely, a uh, cardiologist on, on our staff, um, just a couple of podcasts ago, I forget when that was, but you know, he started out med peds and then ended up in cardiology. It took a complete, you know, left turn it would seem, but, um, it kind of similar, just got really passionate and interested and started to, to, to find out more and more and, and just went with it. So, uh, really, really interesting. Well, as a maternal fetal medicine physician, what what sort of, uh, disorders and things do you do in a, in a typical day? What kind of, what's your typical patient? Um, I know I have talked to several members in the community and say, you know, I, 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 tell them I'm so excited. We have a maternal fetal medicine physician in Conway. And, um, for those that don't know, I, I spent, you know, the bulk of my career in Dallas and finding maternal fetal medicine physicians was, was really difficult. Um, they were just really, really hard to find, uh, even in a big urban area like that. But, um, so they, the next question is, well, well, what is it? <laughs> what is a maternal fetal medicine physician? So maybe in, in layman's terms, just describe what kind of patients do you take care of?
1: So I typically divide the type of patients I see into two groups. So I see moms who have some sort of medical complication that places their pregnancy at a higher risk. So this could be a mom that is advanced maternal age or over the age of 35, which puts them at an increased risk of having a a baby with a gene or chromosome issue, or a mom who has any number of medical issues. So Diabetes, chronic hypertension, obesity, any kind of an autoimmune disorder. Um, They just need to be followed a little bit differently in pregnancy. Um, a, A huge portion of my job is just counseling the patient on things that they can expect, risk that we might encounter, and how we're going to keep track of the pregnancy, different things that we're going to do to keep mom and baby safe. And then the next group of of patients that I see are patients that get sent to me because we have an issue with the baby. So this could be a baby that has some sort of structural abnormality, a baby that we are concerned might have a gene or chromosome issue, um, or a baby that's not growing well. Sometimes we'll see that as we progress through pregnancy. But those are typically the two big reasons why patients get sent to me. Yeah.
0: And and typically, um, those those would be patients. If you were down in Little Rock, would, would have to come from all over the state. And so I, that's one of the reasons I know I am so excited, and our medical staff is so excited to have you here, is that we can now provide that locally. So rather than mom having to travel to Little Rock, uh, she can get her care right here in Conway, and hopefully a little closer to home um, as a as a result. Um, so with with that, um, are you do you typically you work with other OBs, right? Um, there may be cases where you would deliver, but in most of the time, you're working in a consult basis, working with that uh, obstetrician. Is that right?
1: Exactly. I don't take the place of the primary OB. I just kind of work in addition to um, the OB when we have these cases that are going to be a little bit more complex. Um, most of the time, they need more monitoring, more ultrasounds, um, someone to kind of manage medications or changes that might need to be made during pregnancy. And so that's where I come in. I typically see, I would say my average patient um, two or three times throughout their pregnancy, usually roughly about once a trimester, they'll come in um, and we'll just kind of regroup, see how the pregnancy is going, see if there's any changes or new recommendations that need to be made. And then of course, check on the baby, see how we're growing, do another ultrasound to make sure everything's going well.
0: Yeah. You know, one, one thing I don't think I've asked you in all of our pre-onboarding conversations, and, and I neglected to say this before, you joined us uh, just last month, actually two months ago in January of uh, 22. Um, but one of the things I, I was on my mind uh, just as we're sitting here talking, a geneticist. Do you, do you work in connection with a geneticist? Do you have a geneticist you refer to or work with?
1: We do. So that is a a big portion of our training and fellowship um, for maternal fetal medicine is we do a lot of genetics. And so that's one of the things that I am trained to do is to do a lot of genetic counseling to offer both genetic screening and genetic testing. Um, And so if a patient desires genetic testing prior to, to baby being born, so if they want an amniocentesis, per se, then that's something that we offer at our clinic. Um, but yes, absolutely. When we get into some of the more um, rare genetic disorders, or if we have a, a baby that is coming to us presenting with, with different findings on ultrasound, and it's unusual and something that we kind of need to call in the experts for, then absolutely. And so we have, um, you know, a wonderful team of geneticists at the Children's Hospital that are always on hand um, if we need to refer patients to them.
0: Hmm. And is any of that done pre-conception? Um, if someone's thinking about uh, that,
1: absolutely, it can be. Um, you know, in, any woman is able to to have carrier screening done prior to conceiving. It's something that we offer early in the first trimester as well. Um, and so, um, I do a lot of preconceptual consults. A lot of times these patients will come to me because they have a family member that has a child with a genetic disorder, or sometimes we have, um, patients that come to us that had a prior child with a genetic disorder. And so we're able to kind of help them look into that, see what their recurrence risk for that would be, um, and kind of map out a plan for that either prior to becoming pregnant or once they're pregnant again, to, um, be able to get a result prior to delivery if that's what they want.
0: Yeah. Well, if, if someone um, maybe were thinking about getting pregnant and maybe either had a family history or maybe even a a condition that might um, indicate uh, that their delivery or their pregnancy was going to be high risk, what what would you advise them? Um, How would you, how would you tell them to go about kind of evaluation of that pregnancy and care?
1: Definitely start with your PCP and your primary OBGEN. Um, A lot of times I'll come into play at this point too. Um, The best advice that I can give anyone who has kind of a medical condition that predates getting pregnant is that the best control you can have um, that in prior to getting pregnant really puts the pregnancy at a lower risk. And so when I have patients that come to me that have diabetes, have high blood pressure, Um, we really want to optimize them prior to them getting pregnant um, to help their pregnancy go as smoothly as possible. Sometimes this means putting them on medications that are going to be safer in pregnancy. A lot of my patients that have autoimmune disorders, getting them not only under good control, but keeping them in good control for four to six months prior to getting pregnant is huge and can really make a big difference um, prior prior to conception.
0: Yeah. So in terms of of things that I could do if I were thinking about um, having a having a child, I could um, see my primary care physician, you know obviously things that uh, try to control the factors that that lead to a difficult pregnancy, you know hypertension, diabetes, weight control, that kind of thing. Um, you know, we, We, uh, depending upon when you hear this, will soon have uh, endocrinologists on staff as well, um, which I assume you would work with as well on a case-by-case basis, right, if if mom has diabetes and you're looking or gestational diabetes, right?
1: Right, right. That's one of the most common um, disorders that we deal with uh, during pregnancy. Um, And so it's one of the things that can put a pregnancy at at an increased risk of many things, Um, structural abnormalities, um, even stillbirth. And so it's one that we take very seriously and work very hard both prior to and during pregnancy to get under good control.
0: Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, why Conway Regional. Um, Obviously, you and those that don't know, we're down at UAMS, and um, um, anytime I I recruit a physician or I talk to a physician, I I always say uh, that it's a much bigger decision, I think, for them than it is for me to say, hey, come to Conway Regional, uh, primarily because I love Conway Regional, and I know Conway Regional, and I know it's a great place. But um, what what attracted you to this uh, opportunity?
1: I think that the the main thing that really attracted me is because a big part of the type of medicine that I want to practice is very patient-centered. And I think that um, I get to deal with patients that are kind of in one of the, the most volatile situations that they might ever experience. And I think that to really... Do them the best service and to provide them with the best care. I need a lot of time with each one of my patients. I need to be able to sit down with them, answer their questions. Um, I need to be able to adequately counsel them and come up with a plan that they really feel like they're a part of. And so, for me, one of the huge draws to Conway Regional was that they here I am allowed to have that time with each one of my patients. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a it's a smaller setting, and that's what I love about it. Is you know, yes, Conway Regional is. Able to provide um, top tier care. And so I didn't feel like I was sacrificing that at all coming from a larger institution to a smaller institution. Um, but what I feel like it allows me is, you know. I, I, I kind of still have all of the perks, but yet more of this small town feel, where everybody knows everybody's name. It's more of a community. Um, I'm really able to put a lot of emphasis on on the patient and just making sure I have the time to have that one on one interaction with them.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a that, that's a great point. And we're we're big enough to have specialties and to contemplate specialties like MFM uh, and others, but yet small enough that um, if you have an aspect of your practice that you really want to emphasize or maybe not get into because we, we're not there yet, you, you have a lot more um, control over that. Uh, exactly. And uh, and an opportunity to affect change. And I think you get to big centers anywhere, uh, you lose that, that sense of autonomy and control, really, uh, very much so. So I know that when we were talking early on before you made the decision to come up here, one of the things you were most ardent about was your team. Uh, you, you wanted to make sure that uh, your staff and those people who work most closely with you would, would be a part of the big picture here in Conway. Talk to me a little bit about them and who they are and why that was so important.
1: Yes, I have the absolute best team in the entire world. Um, so I, I brought my nurse practitioner, um, Stacy Ross Johnson. Most people from Conway know her because uh-huh. um, she is a, is a Conway native and has lived her, here her whole life. So it was wonderful her, for her to get to come back to Conway. Um, and then I brought my two sonographers, um, Jill Sullivan and Kristen Thompson. And um, Between the two of them, I think they have an, an average of 18 years experience of doing perinatal ultrasounds. And so I literally brought two of the people that have the most experience um, when it comes to, to performing these ultrasounds. And um, I think that we work very cohesively as a team. Um, we all are, are very adamant about making sure that our patients have the absolute best experience when they come to see us. We know that we're seeing people that are in very vulnerable positions um a lot of times they're being sent to us because something was detected with their pregnancy that is not going exactly to plan and so um i think that i have a very compassionate group that came with me um, I can't function without Stacy very well. She is my right hand man. She kind of does um, a lot of the organizational pieces of the puzzle, and then um, we kind of all work in a group. So most of the time, whenever a patient comes to see us, they meet all four of us at oh, some great. point um, um, during their time with us. Um, all of my patients see um, me every single time. They often see Stacy as well. Stacy's the one that comes in first, kind of gets the history and physical, um, and, and kind of goes over some of the the general counseling while I'm reading the ultrasound and then I'll come in after and kind of go over all of the results in the, in the plan of care. But we work very cohesively as a team and I'm so thankful that they decided to make the move here with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great story. And yeah, it, it told us a lot that you were that insistent that, that they be a part of this. Um, You know, you you mentioned ultrasonographers, and I just know being a hospital administrator, finding good, qualified ultrasonographers, um, whether it's in the OB service line or vascular or anywhere, it's just really difficult to find. For all you kids out there that uh, want a good, long-lasting profession that pays really well, consider uh, ultrasonography. But would you say that, that that's probably one of your primary tools uh, that, that you use on a pretty regular basis. That uh, and, and that's why it was so important.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like I would be at a huge disadvantage and handicap if I didn't have those two wonderful sonographers that came with me.
0: So, so not just the technology, but, I mean, the quality of the technology and the quality of the equipment.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it definitely takes both. We're lucky to have the most up-to-date, state-of-the-art um, ultrasound machines here at Conway Regional with us. And then I have, you know, the two best sonographers, I think, in the state that, yeah. that are here with me as well. But, yeah, it tells us so much. Like, not only do we get information on the baby um, from from the ultrasound. Like, that's a, that's a huge piece of the puzzle is to make sure that the um, the baby is structurally normal, but we also get so much other information about how the pregnancy is going from our ultrasound. I mean, we can you know if a patient has high blood pressure or is at risk of preeclampsia, we check blood flow through the placenta. We look to see how the baby is growing. We look to see how fluid is you know inside of the uterus, and that gives us you know. Clues to how well our diabetes is controlled, how good we're doing on our blood pressure management, and so yes, it's absolutely um, one of the biggest tools that we use.
0: I imagine technology has changed quite a bit through your training. Is that is that true? I mean, I, I think back to so my youngest is fifteen and. Early pictures of him via sonography, and then you see things in the news today where it's it's almost like they're taking a photograph of a a baby via via ultrasound.
1: It is it's getting to the point of being mind blowing at this point. What we can do, I mean, we can do a lot of three D rendering. I mean, just today we had a patient who had a very significant cleft lip and palate, and so we're able to get beautiful three D views, which is just so helpful from a diagnostic standpoint number one it helps the ENT doctors at children's to be able to look at these 3D pictures and then to tailor their counseling to help the patient know kind of what to expect it's helpful to the mom to be able to to look at these pictures and kind of really know how to plan and what to expect Um, and then it's just really fun we get to get really cute pictures (laughs) of these babies so
0: yeah where do you see that technology heading? Is there are there developments coming down the pike that are going to make it even more mind blowing? I, I really don't follow that that aspect of the
1: imaging. Yeah, I mean, just what we're able to do has changed so rapidly, and you know, really the decade that I've been using ultrasound a lot. I mean, I think we will get to the point to where everything that we can image on normal patient, we're mm-hmm. going to be able to do on a fetus. And so already kind of the the changes that have happened in fetal MRI and using that science has, has rapidly changed in the past five years. And then our ultrasound machines are just getting so much better that, I mean, we're able to use those to, I mean, we did it today. We looked and measured blood flow f- through the fetal brain, which we use the, the speed of that blood flow to look and see if the baby's anemic and might need a transfusion inside of the uterus. I mean, it's crazy it's what wild. we can do. Yeah. yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. Yeah. But why I love my job. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and the, the the blessing you're able to give those families and moms that are worried and and to make interventions that uh, make the pregnancy more viable and and uh, just so many so many ways to bless people and. Uh, like I said before, we are so thankful to, to have you here, and, and uh, blessed to have you in our in our community, seeing seeing patients. All right, well, Doctor Hughes, thank you for joining me uh, this afternoon. Uh, it's been a been a great visit. And uh, if you want to find out more about Doctor Hughes and uh, other clinicians on our medical staff, you can certainly go to our website at www.conwayregional.org. Um, and as Doctor Hughes said, if you have uh, a concern about your pregnancy, the first and foremost person to talk to is your clinician. And then um, with his or her consultation, uh, come say hello to Dr. Hughes and her outstanding staff right here at Conway Regional. So thank you again for joining me.
1: Thank you so much. My pleasure.
0: All right. Tune in next time for our uh, next edition of One Team, One Promise podcast.